welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are that king that meets us where we're at, that you were sent to pay the ultimate price and sacrifice so that we could have redemption, so that we could have restoration in you. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to celebrate and praise your name today. God, I pray over every heart in this space. pray that you would work and move, that you would continue to speak to our hearts and our minds, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, we're good? You can go ahead and grab a seat. Say hi to some people. Maybe wave. Air. High five. Fist bump if you feel safe. Thank you, brother. Christmas. Who's excited to start celebrating? Yeah? Only a few of you. How many of you didn't say anything because you've been celebrating for a month already? Every year it gets a little bit earlier and earlier for us. Last year, because of COVID, we started like beginning of November. Melissa's like, why don't we just have some joy? Because I was that guy that was like, not before Thanksgiving. I was adamant about it. But last year I gave in. I was like, all right, cool. Well, as many of you know, you're probably in the same boat as me, that you did it one time and that was just a thing. That's just what you do now. But I at least held off from turning the lights on outside until the city did it, right? We went and we watched the lights and we did the little parade. And it's like, okay, I guess if the city said we can celebrate Christmas with the lights turning on, we can turn the lights on in our house too. So if any neighbors complain, we'll say, hey, the tree downtown is lit, so so is ours. Who's with me on that? Anybody? Yeah? House is looking nice. Some of you are like, no, I don't feel like climbing on the roof. That's a good call. I'm happy I'm on a one-story house, so I don't have to worry about falling too far. We used to live in a two-story house. That was a little freaky. Had lots of moments with God. Please save me. Don't let me fall. Is it worth hanging off the side of the roof to get it to that perfect corner? I would say yes. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it'll bother you the whole season. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is TJ, as Melissa said before. And we want you to know that as a guest here at Soul Revival Church, you need to know that you don't have to believe to belong. All are welcome and you can come as you are. Because that's who God is. Jesus comes and meets us exactly where we're at. So we want to be a space that offers the same for you. And today we're kicking off a brand new series entitled Christmas at the Movies. I know there's something so nostalgic about movies when it comes to Christmas time. You've got your list of the faves that you got to watch. Then there's the ones with the kids that you know you've got to watch. And then every year there's some new ones that you want to watch and about a thousand Hallmark movies. Hey, the storylines this year, though, I'm telling, I'm giving some credit. I'm watching them. My wife makes me. That's the excuse. But for some reason, I tell her, don't watch them without me. (laughs) But they got better this year. I'm like, man, this is cool. But as a church, we want to say, all right, well, how do we look at some of the greatest Christmas classics and see how they relate to what God's word is? Because after all, you can't have Christmas without Christ. And it's been really cool lately, too, to see our kids drawing their little pictures and our little kindergartner trying to sound out Christmas and being able to share with them that, hey, it starts with the word Christ. And it's like, oh, cool, because you cannot have Christmas without Christ. So how do we find ways to ensure that Christ is in the center of it? Because that's what we're celebrating. 
We're celebrating the most precious gift that had ever been given. That last song, King of Kings, man, gets my heart every time because that is the true gospel story of Jesus coming, living out a perfect life, and then laying down the ultimate price with his life. And as I speak about that story, that's what this Bible is all about. It's a story about God and his goodness, this perfect God that created us to be in relationship with him. It's not something to be intimidated by. You don't look at the Bible and think, man, I've never opened that because... It's just filled with rules of what I have to do for God to love me. You need to know that this is a love story about a God that created us to spend eternity with him, but he gave us free will. So when man made mistakes and it separated us from God, it's a story of him coming after us ever since. That culminates with Jesus and what we celebrate in this season, but we celebrate Jesus every single Sunday. And we pray that we can celebrate Jesus every single day of our lives so that we can see the world transformed and changed because Jesus is the true hope of the world. So do not be intimidated by it because it's not a religion about rules, but it's a relationship with the God who loves you and says, you know, I just want to walk alongside you and give you encouragement and give you guidance on how to live a perfect life. And we're going to be in Matthew. I want to read some verses for you in Matthew 9. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can go ahead, pull them out. If you don't, that's cool. We'll throw it on the screen behind me as well. And forgive my voice. I feel like I'm losing. I must have been singing too much. Just excited, praising God. This morning we have, we have a team revival service before church too where we just, we just worship together. We worship over this space. We pray over this space before you ever walk in here because we know that God is where we are. And we just say, you know what, God, we're excited for what you're about to do today. Everybody make it there, Matthew 9. They're like, no, I'm just waiting for the screen to pop up. Poof. <laughs> Matthew 9, 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, it's like, whoa, he followed him. And now he's got a party at his crib saying, hey, Come to my house. As he followed him to Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what it means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are here with us today. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak and that you would help me get out of the way because there is something you have to say to someone in this space. So God, I thank you so much for who you are and how much you love us and the greatest gift ever given that we all have access to. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody set? Amen. 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 So week one, Christmas at the movies, classic we got to talk about is the Grinch. Anybody seen the new Grinch? Some of you, some of you not. Well, I want to give you a little snippet of it so you can check it out, just to get our minds and our hearts in the same place. Could we roll it? Ugh. Merry Christmas to Gets me every time. Anybody ever heard that song? 
Look at this, with his skin all green and his teeth all yellow. No, no one's heard this new version. I'm telling you, our little guy Malachi would just wants it over and over and over and over. We went and got our tree the other day, and we listened to it like 12 times in a row. I'm like, it's hilarious, but just dissing the Grinch. <laughs> but check it out. It's fun. The movie's fun, too. But as we talk about the Grinch, and if you're taking notes today, the title of this message is, Are You a Grinch? I'm going to let that sit for a second. Are you a Grinch? Think about it. Don't you ever hear that phrase? You walk around with people like, man, stop being a Grinch. Are you a Grinch? I think this is a good time for us to reflect on it ourselves. And I was watching this movie with our kids a few weeks ago, and as I'm watching it, it what's running through my mind is, man, yeah, the Grinch is doing a whole lot of mean stuff. I mean, you just got a little glimpse of it. But as we get serious for a minute, you try to wonder, like, well, why did he get so mean? And depending on the version that you watch, there's always these little flashbacks to when he was a kid. Either it's a Jim Carrey version, which is a little crazy and dark, but I thought it was cool, where he's getting picked on by kids in school. In this version, it shows him as an orphan where he was just dreaming about an incredible Christmas, but really it was this empty space and he didn't get to celebrate it. Everyone has a past and there's things that feed into the way that we live our lives now. So there might be some Grinches in your life that you look at and get frustrated about. But if you think about the past and the things they may have gone through within their lives, it'll help you get an understanding of where they're at now. Because as I watched the Grinch, like my kids are cracking up and laughing, but I was like about to cry. Might have been a tear or two, but it wasn't like ugly cry. Just a few tears. And not because of the movie itself, I know that that's pretend and make-believe, but I just kept thinking about people and the things they've gone through in their lives leading up to where they're at right now that had a part in getting them where they are. Because the Grinch was just a lonely dude. He was isolated. He had no one, and his heart really was broken. You know, you see his tiny little heart. And I want to talk about four things that I think impacted him that brought him to this loneliness that I think has impacted all of us to some degree or another. Or maybe there's one that you can relate to more than the other. Because loneliness is real. You might even find yourself feeling so alone in a crowded room. Just feeling like nobody gets you, feeling like nobody can relate, or feeling like, you know what, if the stuff that's inside of me people knew on the outside, they just would detest me, so I'm just going to sit in it in my loneliness. This brokenness and this hurt that we run away with. And sometimes loss might be what triggers this. Then as I think about the Grinch and the loss that he had, like he lost family somewhere along the way. He was this orphan that didn't have anyone. And Christmas time can bring out all kinds of emotions, and sometimes it can be sadness because of the loss that we may have had in our lives. Somebody you care about may have passed away. That person you could just run to and talk to at any moment in time. It might have been a loss because things ended, but ended badly within a relationship. And now you're separated, and you still got to see their Facebook pictures and Instagram and yeah you stop following them but you still find yourself looking at their page for some reason it might be lost because 
You just have felt like, I need to pull myself away from the rest of the world. But loss is something that can pull us into these spaces of feeling lonely. And the enemy just wants you to feel alone so he can isolate you. Because when you're isolated, you're not a threat. When you're isolated, you can't do any harm. When you're isolated, it's harder to love people and to care about people. What loss have you wrestled with that might be pulling you into this state of loneliness, pulling you into this place of isolation? Because once you're there, it's hard to get out of it. There's an answer we're going to talk about because there's always hope. Then there's insecurity. Raise your hand if you've never struggled with insecurity. Those of you sitting close, appreciate you. No one else raised their hand. Because everybody has struggled with insecurity. Everyone has gone through it. Everyone has struggled with this feeling of, I don't fit in. I don't belong. I'm not good enough. So we might be talking about the Grinch, and it seems funny. But there are so many correlations to real life and how we find ourselves in these moments of feeling stuck and stranded. And these insecurities that keep running in our minds telling us, man, you weren't supposed to do this. You weren't meant to do this. You're not good enough to do this. And you need to know, like, God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for available people. We share that often here because you need to know that you are created with a purpose. But our own insecurities will pull us out of being where God wants us to be. It'll pull us out of community. It'll pull us out of relationships. And then there's an enemy. There is a real enemy that we're facing. You think of the Grinch and you're like, well, he was the enemy, right? Or maybe those kids when he was younger was the enemy or the people making fun of him now are the enemy. Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? And there are no enemies. Like our battle is against spirits and principalities. Like there is a spiritual battle taking place for each of our souls and we need to be conscious and aware of it. That person that's hurting you, they're hurting. Hurt people hurt people. That's what happens. But when you start pointing the fingers and saying, they're the enemy, they're the enemy, they're the enemy, you're fighting the wrong battles and you're getting really tired and then you start to feel more and more alone and the enemy wants that so he can pull you out before you ever get a chance to start. But there is slander that comes into play too. That's where some people, they do have an effect. And in a social media age, everybody's doing that. And there's arguments like, well, is it slander now or libel? Get in my geek mode because (laughs) I went to school for marketing and advertising and I had to study like the difference and how people could get charged for slander, which is verbal, and libel that was actually written out and one's worse than the other. And it's like, well, everyone's on Facebook and everybody's saying something and at one point, does what mean what? There's trolls everywhere. And that slander can hit our hearts like, man, I'm just trying to do my thing. I'm just trying to live life, so why even try? Why even put myself out there because everybody says stuff and looks at me as though I'm crazy and I'm not cool and I'm not good enough. All these lies that are pulling us out. All these things that I think the Grinch struggle with in a movie, but it relates so much to the life that we live. So as I prayed about it, I'm like, God, what do you want to say to us about this? Like, What do you want to speak to us as a church family? And maybe some people are just showing up saying, what's this thing all about? Who is this God? I don't know. I guess I'll take a shot. I was invited because there were child dedications going on. 
God's got a plan for you. There's a reason why you're here today. But it got me thinking about Matthew. Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples that we just read about briefly. Matthew, I relate to him, I think, the most out of any of them. I feel a little spunky like Peter sometimes. But Matthew, like, my heart always went with Matthew. It just did. And I want to take a look at the verses again that we read to start off with. Matthew 9, 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew said, no, I'm not good enough. He said, no, I've just experienced too much loss. No, I'm not coming. No, he got up and followed him. I want to give you a little background about Matthew, though. See, Matthew as a tax collector, that was somebody that would have grown up hanging out with all these Jewish people, would have learned the Torah, the five first books of the Bible, would have had to memorize it as a young boy. But the Roman government went to these Jewish people and would try to pick them out and find people that would be tax collectors because they would collect tax from their own people. And not only would they take taxes from them, they would exploit them and take even more to line their own pockets with them. That's who Matthew was. It was the lowliest of the lowlies. That's how they looked at somebody like Matthew. And that's why I relate to him so much, because that's who I felt like I was. And the loss that he would have experienced when he made that decision to do it, he would have been cut off from his family and friends. He would have had no one. So as I read, like, he was sitting there at his tax collector's booth. I'm just imagining this man sitting there all by himself who had suffered great loss for the pursuit of money and wealth. Just feeling incredibly lonely because of it. But also the fact that he's probably sitting there with some insecurities, like Jesus is coming up to him. And some of you are like, yeah, I can't, I can't go to God right now. Let me get my stuff together first, and then maybe I'll go after God. Man, you need to get that junk out of your head right now. Because that's not who God is right here. This is, Jesus goes to Matthew. And Matthew could have easily been sitting there in his insecurities like, no, God, I'm not ready right now. I feel you working on my heart. I feel you here in my presence. And I know that you're inviting me to come with, but you just don't know I'm just too bad. Man, when God is pulling at your heart, you need to respond because he wants to transform your life. He wants to take you places that you don't even know. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to pull you out of isolation and loneliness and say, you have a purpose and I've got something for you. Do not let your insecurities prevent you from stepping into the glory of God. And something in that moment Matthew responded to, and he gets up and he follows him. He didn't allow any loss or insecurity to prevent him from going after Jesus because there was something real. There was something different. And he followed him. And not only did he follow him, but he brings him back to his house like, hey, now I'm about to have a party at the same time. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. See, this is cool because when Matthew made the decision to stop being a tax collector and follow Jesus, now he would have lost all those friends that he had been doing those same things with. But first, he's like, I'm going to find my opportunity to invite everybody over first. Let me just get a glimpse of who Jesus is. Let's have a party to say goodbye to the old me. 
have a party at my funeral. Everybody's invited. Sorry, that was a Tupac line that just came in my head. I had to say it or it would bother me the whole time. But he's having this party to say, let's celebrate. My life was just transformed. There's death to an old me. There's a new me now, and I want everybody to hear about it. And then you got these Pharisees coming by, talking and asking questions. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? See, when I think about the enemy again here, too, we need to be careful because the enemy are not these Pharisees. The enemy is not the haters in your life. It might feel that way. But as I stated before, there is a spiritual battle taking place. So it's not by accident that they show up and are speaking this way in that moment. It is not by accident that Matthew was there with all the other people, all the sinners and tax collectors. See that tax collectors had their own bracket, tax bracket. But I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just picturing it. Like, think about it. All the, all the haters in your life, all the people on Facebook that are hurting your feelings, and you're having a party, and you're just trying to let people know who Jesus was, and they're all, like, at your door talking junk. Can you picture it? But Jesus wasn't affected by it, and neither was Matthew, because now his life was transformed. The enemy trying to cause commotion didn't matter. The slander coming from the Pharisees didn't matter because God had a plan. And when Jesus is in the room, anything can happen. Anything can happen. But as we continue reading on, and before we come to Jesus' response, This picture just continues to come in my mind of Jesus sitting there in the room, being ridiculed, being discriminated against, and Matthew being questioned about why he's there and what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. But it's because his life was transformed. His life was forever changed. If you read about Matthew in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke, you won't find his name. You want to know why? It's kind of rhetorical. I'm just going to answer the question. Because when you read it there, it says Levi. Because his name was Levi. Jesus changed his name to Matthew. So we have a little guy named Matthew. And we named him that because we went through years of fertility to try to have a baby. and It was, it was a hard road, I'm not going to lie. But when we found out that we were about to have a little guy and we prayed about it, we were like, what better name than Matthew? Because it means the gift of God. Jesus goes to the tax collector, the lowliest of the lows, the one that's ridiculed and an outcast and looked down on by everybody. And he says, you know what? I'm changing your name to the gift of God. Someone in here needs to know that today, that whatever your name is, you need to know that you are a gift of God. He wants to change your name and he wants to transform your life. 
You don't have to stay who you used to be. And the beauty about it is you can't change yourself, but Jesus, he's coming to you and he's coming right up to your table in the middle of your loneliness, in the middle of your isolation, in the middle of you feeling inadequate and unqualified. And he's saying, come follow me. Come and follow me and I want to change your name. And he's on mission. And will you follow him? Loneliness and isolation is a real thing. And I feel like this is a place of vulnerability and transparency. And we always want to share our story. And we always tell people, just share your story. Because no one can discount your story. Nobody can take away what you've been through. Because I remember the darkest moments of my life when I was in college. Because my grandpa, who was, he was my dad, died. And then my grandma, six months later, died. And I'm living with a bunch of people in a big house, a bunch of buddies. But I felt so alone and so isolated. So broken and alone from the loss that I had experienced. I just, I love writing. I like to, I like rap music. And this week, these lyrics just popped in my head. And I could remember so clearly sitting at my computer writing them. I'm living in this misery, not the state, but the state that I'm at mentally. So much hate that I need to escape everything from the weight of this plate that I'm carrying. Man. And then the insecurities that I felt about not being good enough and not measuring up. And I made so many mistakes that they didn't get to see me do anything better. It's brought me to another darker moment. Another deep pit of despair. And then this spiritual battle taking place from an enemy that I hadn't even acknowledged yet because I thought it was me against the world. See, we live in this broken, broken world. But God wants to give us freedom. He wants to help us restore it. Jesus is the answer and he is the way because he came in and he met me in the middle of my isolation, my loneliness, the slander, people talking junk about me and just brings you to a darker place. You are not alone. I have been there. But Jesus is a name changer. Jesus will meet you in your loneliness and he will say, let me pull you out of isolation because I've got something better for you. See, and the world will define you by your past, but God will define you by your purpose. You are a gift of God. And that's why the Grinch is so funny to me. All these songs that hit our hearts and that it's cool to listen to are defining the Grinch of his worst qualities. No one talks about the fact that his heart grew three sizes larger. No one talks about the fact that he brought the gifts back. And that people loved him and welcomed him in, that he had a transformation. But we still just sing about how he's a mean one. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I promise I'm almost done. And it's, it's hilarious. It is, it is funny to think about that. Like, man, we're comparing the Grinch to life and Jesus. And... But I see Jesus in everything. Because Jesus meets me in everything. 
He saved me in the middle of everything. And he's saying, you don't have to be alone anymore. Just like in the movie, like, okay, cool. But look at Matthew. Matthew, who was changed and transformed. See, because when you think about the loneliness that you're in and you think about the loss that you might have had, the insecurity that you might have had, the enemy that you're facing and the slander that you're up against, but you need to know something. Those are all lies. They're all lies. It doesn't mean that they're not really happening. It doesn't mean that they don't really exist, but it's, it's the enemy trying to take you out. And God wants you to know, do not allow that to put you in isolation. That is not a reason for you to live in loneliness. You do not have to do it because we all face those things. I want to take your heartache and I want to transform it. And I want to give you joy in its place. Even when life is still hard, he's still with you. There's a Christmas song, Seasons, I love that. I don't even know if we're doing this year or not, but... It says, like, God, if you're not done working, then, God, I'm not done waiting. Don't let yourself feel like you're just alone. Maybe it's just a season of waiting, but allow yourself to come out of it, though, still, and say, God, I know that you've got a plan for me. Because Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of the storm. He wants to meet you in the middle of your hurt. He wants to meet you in the middle of the isolation because his plan for you is for you to know that he loves you. You don't have to be alone. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Whatever place you might find yourself in today, whatever you might be struggling with, whatever you might be facing, Jesus came for you. It's easy to look at this picture and think, yeah, the Pharisees must be the righteous and then all the party animals and the tax collectors are the sinners inside. Jesus wasn't saying that. He's saying, look, nobody is right. Only I am. He sets the playing field even for all of us because we all fall short. But that's okay because we wouldn't need God if we had it all together. And he's telling all of them that, hey, I came for the broken. I came for the sinners. I came for those who need restoration. God came for you and he came for me. And you do not need to live life alone. Jesus is saying, hey, Matthew, he's a name changer. Everybody's name is Matthew today because you're all a gift of God. And he's coming up and saying, Matthew, follow me. Follow me. I got you. I want to walk with you. The middle of that darkest season of my life is when I had my first encounter with Jesus that changed everything. showed up in a college room living with six party animals party happening right upstairs from where I was at people getting drunk people getting high and I had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything and I would never be the same 
It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where your isolation is. It doesn't matter if you think like you're not good enough or the things you're doing are a place that God would be repelled from being in. No, that is not who God is. Jesus says, I will come to you. I'll come to your tax booth. I'll come to your party house. I will come in the middle of your brokenness and I will say, you, come and follow me because I want to change your name. You are a gift of God. Just, you need to know you do not need to be alone. And I want us to respond today in singing that. We're going to sing a song called Another in the Fire. Whatever storms are in, whatever fire you think you're up against, we get to sing this out because we will never be alone. There is another in the fire. That another is Jesus. He is with you in the middle of it. And he will not let you stay there alone. And he will come right into there and say, hey, I got you. But are you willing to acknowledge that it's me who is there? And will you walk with me? Will you respond? If you're able, would you stand? Would you sing this out? Respond however you need to. As we raise our hands, that's a universal symbol of surrender where we're saying, God, our life is yours. You might need to fall to your knees. You might need to, I don't know, maybe need to pace back and forth. There's a moment right here and God wants to speak to you and he wants you to know that you do not need to be alone. He will meet you exactly where you're at. Will you sing with us? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.